Welcome to the Popish Plotcast. I'm Nate. I'm Jessica. And I'm Mike. We are three lay Catholics who are attempting to share our love of the Catholic Church with others in the hopes that they might be able to develop their own love for being a member of the Catholic Church. We're just trying to live out our charism of friendship and fun and hope that you find this an encouragement in your walk with Jesus Christ in his holy church. We hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Popish Plot. I'm Nate. I'm Jessica. And I'm Mike. Today, we're here to talk about Sister Thea Bowman. Servant of God, Thea oh, Bowman. Servant of God. Yes, yes. When we were doing all of Black History Month, I, I noticed something. Okay. Well, every single person we picked... We did four dudes. Yep. And March happens to be Women's History Month. All right. <laughs> so here, on March 1st, we have a great transitional figure. Mm-hmm. A strong black woman who happens to be a great exemplar of the Christian life. And one that everyone doesn't know, because, you know, I could just be like, oh, St. Monica, she was from North Africa. But Yeah, <laughs> yeah but North Africa, not... Anyway. Still. So, tell us about Servant of God, Thea Bowman. Well, uh, she was born December 29th in 1937, and her given name then was Bertha Elizabeth, mm-hmm. to a Dr. Thean Bowen and a Mary Bowen. In Yazoo City, Mississippi. The important, oh, the important, I want to go there. The important thing is to focus on how much fun it is to say Yazoo City. Yes. I imagine that there's a that there's a I imagine that there would be a, a, a sort of like a a joy that just you know comes with living in Yazoo. Yazoo. <laughs> uh, she was the only child to her parents because they were a bit older in age. Sure. Uh, right. They were Methodist. Well, However, no, nobody's perfect. However, the only, as far as I can tell, like, good school that an African-American could go to was the Catholic school that was run by the Franciscan Sisters of Perpetual Adoration. Well, even to this day, our Catholic schools have many non-Catholic students, especially here in the city of Flint, because it's really hard to get a quality education at the Flint public schools. Mm -hmm. So they go to St. John Vianney. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so at the age of nine, with with her parents' permission, she converted to Catholicism. Nice. And then, at the age of 15, she felt the call to join the order of nuns that had taught her. And her parents were less enthused about that. Well, <laughs> there's, there's the famous story of, you know, Therese of Lisieux begging permission from the Pope to become a nun at 15. So you need rather extraordinary permission at 15. Well, she was an American, so she mm-hmm. wasn't going to visit the Pope. So yep. she just went on a hunger strike until her parents said okay. <laughs> and I like her moxie. Yep. And then she went to... Um, La Crosse, Wisconsin, because they had, like, a high school that was, you know, for people who wanted to be, join the religious order. Oh, nice. And she was either the only African-American member of the order in Wisconsin mm-hmm. or total at that time. I'm going to, again, without knowing, I'm going to lean towards total, but certainly in La Crosse, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, when she took her final vow, she was given the name Mary Thea. Because her parents' name were Theon and Mary, and yeah. then also Mary for, you know, Mother of God. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, and, and, you know, Thea, related to Theo. Yes, it means, yeah. like, essentially God. her name is Mary of God. Yeah, the Princess of God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nice. So that's a good name to have. I like it, that one, yeah. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Um, so, now, Sister Mary Thea. Mm-hmm. Who, again, is probably just about high school graduate age. Mm-hmm. So, she then went on to get a Bachelor of the Arts in English at the college that was run by the Franciscans in the area. Mm-hmm. Good old Viterbo University. Yes. It's fun to say Viterbo. It is. Uh, and then she also later got a Master's of Arts and a PhD at the Catholic University of America. Nice. Solid education, Craig. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She taught elementary, high school, and college. 
Ah, oh, the golden age when there are actually nuns teaching in schools. Yes, yes. She personally has some interesting stories from this no. time. Because well, technically, sisters teaching in schools. Yes, yes. They, they were not cloistered, so therefore they were religious sisters and not nuns. But you are technically correct. The very best kind of correct. The very best kind. But she was teaching elementary school in Wisconsin. And as we already discussed, she was definitely the only Catholic nun in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> so, of course, you know, she was born in 1937, so she's coming of age in the late 50s, the early 60s. Yes. It's a time of a lot of tumult, especially yes. over race. Yes, so... So she taught at a, a all-white school, mm-hmm. not because they were segregated per se, but simply <laughs> that's who lived there. there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So all the little kids would, would talk all about Sister Thea, and then they'd have parent-teacher conference. And at that point, the parents found out she was black. Cause yeah, all the little kids didn't even they, think to notice it. That's, that's, that's the greatness of the innocence of children. Seriously, yes. It's, she's a good and holy nun. She's mm-hmm. a good and holy religious sister. That's what matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's a nice teacher. So she continues to be a great educator. And what next? Um, well, her parents got sick, and as she was mm. the only child, mm-hmm. uh, she was given permission to go back down to Mississippi mm-hmm. to go and take care of them. And while she was there, the Bishop of Jackson, Mississippi, asked her to be a consultant for an intercultural awareness um, thing going on in the diocese, which she was given permission to, so she did that. And, and she... this is going to become a recurrent theme mm-hmm. in Sister Thea's life. Mm-hmm. Yes, she was also um, allowed to. Uh, give various inspirational talks, hmm. and not only did she do it across America, but um, Canada, Nigeria, Kenya, and various other smaller countries they mentioned. Mm-hmm. And most of her ones related somehow with celebrating your different cultures mm-hmm. by still being one in Christ. So um, she also ended up founding. Well, she also helped found the Institute for Black Catholic St- Studies. Okay, and was you know one of the professors on there nice and she helped create a hymnal that was all of traditional african-based hymns you know african-american hymns that had catholic slants Mm -hmm. newer ones and she also made albums of that because she was amazing singer i I do love the gospel music Mm -hmm. yeah i did the 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 name though it it gets a a certain gather hymnal songs just stuck in my head it it was done in like the 70s or early 80s so. so the hymnal was called the lead me guide me the African American Catholic hymnal, mm-hmm. and th- that last part, that last part's fantastic. It just the, the lead me, it, guide the lead me, me guide <laughs> me. Uh, well, again, d- you know, they're good words. The Lord should lead us. He should guide us. Lead me, Lord. Guide me, Lord. It, uh, doesn't, it doesn't have to go through the bad matrix. I don't disagree. I just look at it through the hermeneutic of continuity, not the hermeneutic of suspicion. Uh, I don't disagree. No, it's not even that. It's it's more. It's like with Cartman from South Park, when, whenever somebody would mention "Come Sail Away." Mm-hmm. And he would then have to go and like sing through the whole song because it tends to be a bit of a brain worm. Okay, okay. Now, one thing we should have done research is the um, the American bishops recently came out with a list of you know good and you know permitted, not permitted. You know, the gather hymnal is now right out. A lot of the songs in it are outright heretical. <laughs> we probably should have checked to see whether or not this is kosher. That's fair. I'm, I'm not. I'm not I, su- supporting or endorsing any work. I'm, I'm simply pointing out I, that I now I've got this song out. stuck in my head. Well, not the gather hymnal, but gather us in. Right out. Yes. However, I'm pretty sure they approve of some of the songs that yes. she had in this sure. due to other events later in her life. Excellent. So let's continue. So, uh, sadly, in 1984, mm. both of her parents seem to have died the same year. Oh. Ooh. And then on top of that, she got diagnosed with breast cancer. That's a rough year. Yeah. It, it is, especially as researching it, I'm reminded, like, I had two great aunts that both had it at that mm. time. And... 
it, it wasn't like now where, you know, people, if they catch it early, they, they can live the rest of their life. But it uh-huh. was, they uh-huh. tended to catch it late and mm-hmm. then they only had a couple of years because they mm-hmm. didn't have a lot of treatment options. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know, again, with, with cancer, no matter what cancer, the best thing is to catch it early. Yeah. But, but, uh-huh. but the good news is that despite these hardships and these trials that she was put through, uh-huh. she, she, she lived it out to the full to the end. What? In yes. the world, you will have trouble, but you know, take cheer because I have overcome the world. Right. Yes, sure. yes. She continues her speaking engagements. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, even when she's in a wheelchair, or you know, she had hair loss from the treatment. Now of the that's cancer. a witness. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm saying. Yes, she also had many inspiring quotes about essentially, "I'm going to live as long as I'm alive." You know that she was continuing. Like she probably had like a week to a month where she seemed to like really be in a funk about the fact that you know both her parents died and she has cancer, which is completely understandable. Seems totally reasonable. But you know, in, in a saintly fashion, she quickly you know turned around and you know still was sad about her parents, but mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. I'm still alive. So what am I going to do with it? Mm-hmm. And one of the things she did with it is she addressed the U.S. bishops at their annual June meeting in 1989. And she was talking on black Catholic spirituality. And she, she referred Again, to this. Building those bridges because our bishops are overwhelmingly white. Yes, she referred to this as. And as, male. Well, they're all male. <laughs> <laughs> That's a given. But anyway. We're not Episcopalian, so. <laughs> no, I'm We're just, viewing that one as a good thing. I'm just saying. There, <laughs> yes. there, there's, there, there, there are certain viewpoints that they're just not as open, that they're just not as experienced with as others. That. that. <laughs> Different yes. episode. <laughs> anyway, so she, she referred to it as speaking to them as a sister having a heart-to-heart with her brothers. There you go. And at the end, a, during the middle of it, she, she pointed out a, a African-American bishop and had him, like, come up here. <laughs> <laughs> and, and at the end, she, she essentially taught all the bishops how to sing We Shall Overcome in the traditional method used during the civil rights things so she had them standing she's like all right you gotta lock your hands because they're gonna mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. and they do this and and i i i had a lot of notes about this talk because it was a very big point in her life yeah and then i just remembered that this was in 89 mm-hmm. the bishops have it on their youtube channel i will put a link down below and you can actually watch her talk nice <laughs> awesome you can also watch her now, in this one, she's singing after, you know, having, like, five years of cancer. So it's not yeah. her best singing, but yeah. you can also find other videos of her singing when she was, you know, in, in better prime. health sure. and stuff. Yeah, whereas we talked about the great singing voice of Venerable <laughs> Augustus Tolton. But, but because when never he, heard it. Because when he lived, we don't have any recordings. Mm-hmm. Yes. Sure. Um, she ended up passing away on March 30th in 1990. So she was only 52. Mm. Well, you know, she's battling the cancer. Yes. Takes a lot out of you. Mm-hmm. Um, Unofficially, her cause was started by the bishop presiding at her funeral. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then he's like, we, we need a pause so we don't rush this. Because even though the rules hadn't been put in place that said you have to wait for a certain number of years, he's like, ah, we're really emotional right now. We're literally at her funeral. We should probably take a pause. Yes. And after the pause, um, her religious order said, we don't want to spend the money that she would want spent for schools and other help for the African-American community. Because mm. although there is no like fee to be declared a saint, there's a lot of jobs and paperwork that yep. need to be filled out. To, and to, to gather all the documentation, to yes. sort things out. And, yep. and some of them anyone can do. Like, you can get a, a friend who knew her to write the short bio that they sent on. But other ones require people like canon law lawyers, people who were completely unconnected with the person. And at that point, you got to, you know, pay them to work mm-hmm. and stuff. Sure. So, yeah. so they said, you know the what? The labor deserves his wage. You know mm-hmm. what? Her, her life was spent about teaching people to... to 
enjoy their culture mm-hmm. while still being part of the one whole church mm-hmm. and the importance of an education for African-American youth and how, you know, Catholic schools should be a place where they can get that because sometimes, you know, yeah. public has no chance. So, so they figured so the, like, the best, we're going to use the, the money on that. Yeah. The best way to honor her was to continue that work. At which point the diocese said, well, well the... yeah, we'll, we'll do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and as of now, it's it's pretty much stalled out at her being a servant of God because COVID shut down all the interviews of people who knew her and other paperwork that requires meeting people to do it. Yeah, that's uh, that's an issue. As again, she she died in ninety, so it, it's pretty new that they started doing it. In in church time, thirty years <laughs> it's is nothing. nothing. Yeah, no. You know, we, I was having a discussion with a deacon, and I'm just like. Expressed some frustration mm-hmm. that uh, Pope Leo the Thirteenth has no title. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not servant of God. He's not venerable. He's certainly not a saint. And he just the, his rejoinder was, "Well, in the history of the Church, that's not unusual. He's only been dead for a little over a century, mm-hmm. so that's that's the normal progression." Mm-hmm. You know, cases like um, you know Saint Jose Maria Escrivá, Saint Teresa of Calcutta, Saint John Paul II. You know, those are the exception. The people who are canonized, you know, within a lifetime of their lifetime. Yes, and, and, and almost all of them, they then had the people who were like, you did it too fast. Well, there's, al- there's always going to be there's back- always, there's always going to be backbiters. You know. Yeah. Whereas if you've been dead for if, hundreds if of years. If it's been a century, there's no one who's like, well, one time he was mean to me in the subway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, um, during her life, she was known as a great evangelizer. Sure. Which they also point out she was a preacher. Again, she was doing this outside of the mass and with her permission from her stuff. Where so it was totally fine. okay. And a teacher, of course, mm-hmm. a writer, mm-hmm. and a singer. Um, she was awarded an honorary doctorate in religious Ooh. in religion um, mm-hmm. for all the things she did from Boston College. Nice. And she was going to be awarded, and she was after she passed, mm-hmm. an award from Notre Dame, which um, someone read it. It's in Latin. Latare. Yes, which is given to an American or a group whose genius has ennobled the arts and sciences, illustrated the ideals of the church, and enriched the heritage of humanity. Ooh. And it is the oldest award for American Catholics. Nice. Yeah. Um, in 2018, on June 1st, was when she was declared a servant of God, because, again, they stopped the process for a bit. And... <laughs> now, that's, that's not even three years ago, but doesn't 2018 sound like a long time ago? <laughs> it was super long ago. <laughs> the year of 2020 was Wow. Um, and I, I did get one quote from her because, again, you can literally just go online and actually see her talking. That, that is one of the great things about modern saints. And you can get, I, I love pictures of her because, according to some people, she is very, very, very loosely the basis for the Sister Act film. So you can see her dressed in the full penguin suit from Sister Act, and then she's wearing a more laid back one as the years go on, and eventually she largely dressed in traditional African wear. Now, when I say she she's thought to be the person, mm-hmm. it's simply the fact that, you know, she was an African-American who could sing, a, who taught a yeah. bunch of white people yeah, how to yeah. sing and how to reach out to the community. Seems reasonable. There were no mm-hmm. mobsters. She never worked in Vegas. That's, she did not think Rango was one of the apostles. That's Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. That's Hollywood. Um, but, but the core. Yes. <laughs> but I, I, I did get one quote of hers, and this is from the last article that she wrote. It was set to be um, published for Holy Week of the year that she ended up passing away. Um, we unite ourselves with Christ's redemptive work mm. when we reconcile, when we make peace, when we share the good news that God is in our lives, when we reflect to our brothers and sisters God's healing, God's forgiveness, God's un- unconditional love. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. And also, on the pictures, I, I-, I love 
all the pictures of her because she is smiling at everyone. Like, she's got her, the, the little kid where I, I think she might be missing a tooth on up. Like, people who knew her, like, there was one time when I saw her cry. She, she, she was, you know, sickly and couldn't go out, so we brought in a choir to sing hymns with her, and she was, like, in tears of happiness. <laughs> there was one time I saw her cry. She was walking through a construction area, and somebody dropped a hammer on her toe. It is good That's news. That's not as touching as, you know, I, no, they were I'm happy just, tears. I was just saying. It's like, I've never seen them cry, but there was that one time that, you know. Well, yeah, God save us from sour saints. Mm-hmm. In my case, it would probably be like, you know, I never saw him cry, except for that one time his nephew, you know, kicked the soccer ball, and I hit him, you know, right square between the legs. I never saw him cry, except for that one time when the shelf fell over and all the bottles broke. <laughs> then he wept like a baby. No! All right. <laughs> so, servant of God, Thea Bowman, an example for all of us. Yes. Pray for us. Thank you for listening to the Popish Podcast. We hope you enjoyed. Please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Please rate and review us, as that will help more people to find the podcast and to join in on the fun. You can contact oh, us at thepopishplot at gmail.com. Find us on the Twitters at thepopishplot. Or you can search for Popish Plot on Facebook. Please rate, review, and we really do enjoy hearing from you. So get in touch. And until next time, as always, remember to live your faith. Love your faith. And share, share that love. love.